Hello friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministry, and we're getting ready to have Church on the Road. Hey, we're bringing a church to you right where you're at, in the cab. And we do it in a lot of different ways. We have a radio program, LonesomeRoadRadio.com. We have podcasts. We have CD ministry. We also have a telephone conference line. So log on to LonesomeRoad.org for our podcast and to order some of our CDs. And if you'd like to listen in on our conference line, we get together every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, and 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Just dial this number, 727-731-5062. So buckle up and come right along with us. We're going to have church on the road. up driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels lord that's a lonely sound i spend all day chasing that old white line i've been on the road so long i've lost track of time now it don't matter where i'm going i just gotta drive i have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two crumb stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue mag Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have that white line fever to the day buckled up. We got a message for you by Cliff Clark and everybody loves Cliff. He's 
sometimes funny, but he's always got a message in his stories. And he's going to tell a story today about a Korean banjo. So we're going to start our program with a song by the Merits called God is Good. And they've got an awesome, awesome cowboy church out there in Hugo, Oklahoma. Give me a call here at Lonesome Road Ministry, 618-383-2107. Hey, I'll hook you up with the Merits. You'll just love talking to them. They are some awesome folks. Here's the Merits. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise. In this heart of mine, God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. He's so good all the time. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. All the plans you have for 
right, friends, here's our good friend and our partner here at Lonesome Road Ministry. He's a pastor. He's also a chaplain for Lonesome Road Channel 21 Ministries, Cliff Clark. Oh, hello, everybody. Listen, listen, uh, I want to, I want to, uh, gosh, <laughs> uh, I want to know, do y'all like leftovers? I love leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, my wife calls them concoctions because uh, I'll take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and, and some of Major's green beans, you know, and I'll mix them all together and I'll come up with a concoction and I really like it. And sometimes my wife does, and <laughs> sometimes she don't. But I like I like warmed overs. Well, guess what? <laughs> I I, uh, I preached this message the other day on the line here because of te- technical difficulties. It didn't get recorded, so <laughs> so we're gonna hit the button and we're gonna do it again. <laughs> and I got, I got so worried. I got so worried. I know you ain't supposed to worry, but I got so worried because I didn't want to. I didn't want to preach the same message twice, you know, especially you know to you guys that were on here the other day. <laughs> and I got to thinking, well, what did I preach? What did I preach? <laughs> and. Uh, couldn't even remember what I preached, <laughs> so it was really powerful. <laughs> and I thought, well, surely Brother Gary will remember. And I called Gary and I said, yeah, "What did I preach?" <laughs> and he said, "I don't know." <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I called Major. And I said, Major, what did I preach? He said, I don't know, but it was really good. (laughs) So finally, with the help of several wonderful people and Major Roy Blackwood and the good Lord, I finally figured out what I preached. But I want you to know, I want you to know, I may never, ever, I may never, ever worry again about preaching the same message twice <laughs> because if the fellow preaching it can't remember, uh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't expect the ones listening to remember, you know. Anyway, I want to talk today about uh, how does your uh, Heavenly Father say I love you? How did your Heavenly Father say I love you? I read a, a book by uh, Dr. Gary Chapman. He's a good man. He's a good man. Uh, uh, very personable. I like uh, talking to him. I read a book by uh, Dr. Gary Chapman about the five love languages. And, and those, uh, there's five different ways that people say, I love you. But, uh, and God says, I love you in those same ways. But, we both have to be talking each other's language. We both have to say I love you in a way that each other understands and 
the way that each other understands and and my way of saying I love you may be different than your way of saying I love you. And so we got to communicate on the same level. I had a I had a sister that uh, I loved her with all my heart. Uh, she's already gone to be with the Lord, but my sister was single and. Uh, being Rosemary, we we uh, we love having people in our home and different things. And me and Rosemary met a, a group of five uh, young boys who were uh, Korean. They were from Korea, and they were exchange students. And we met them through. Uh, I'm a retired college professor, and we met them, and and uh, we started uh, fellowshipping with them, and. Uh, they knew the Lord, and we knew the Lord, and only one of them could speak English really well, and the other four, uh, it was very difficult for them. And they would, we would go over to their house, and they would, oh, man, they would pick some of the best Korean food. Mm. And if you like spicy food, man, some of the best food you ever saw. And they, they, uh, they got to come over to our house. And Rosemary taught them how to make uh, southern fried chicken and chicken and dumplings. And you ain't lived till you see seen a bunch of Korean teenage boys chow down on the chicken and dumplings. Ooh, man, they, they lick that pot clean. I did it was good. My sister was uh, Pentecostal. And bless her heart, she uh, she was the one that's Pentecostal, and she. She believed in uh, wearing her hair up, you know, letting her hair grow, and, and she would let it grow, and she she would put it up in a big, a big bun, a big beehive bun, look something like Vestal Goodman, you know, up real high. And I used to say, my sister's got a Ph.D., and and, and I didn't mean an education. I, my sister had a Ph.D. I said, she's got a Pentecostal hairdo. <laughs> And bless her heart, my sister, she loved and she'd knit. I, I guess that's what you call it, Lillian. I'm not sure. Donna, what do you, you can tell me I get done what do you call this knitting or what? But she'd take these big, long, uh, spiky-looking needle things and put them together at the points and make, make blankets and all kinds of things. And I think it was called knitting needles. And every so often she'd get busy and she wouldn't know where to put uh, them knitting needles. So she'd take the knitting needles and and she'd stick them in her Ph.D. She'd stick them in her Pentecostal hairdo and it looked like she had a big radio antenna. You know, a big Ph.D. with them two big big needles sticking out of the top. So one night uh, them five boys come over and one of them said... uh, that Cliff, she, he said, uh, my brother, the one who couldn't speak English, said, my brother has fallen in love with your sister. Now, he'd only talked to her about twice, but love is love, you know. My brother has fallen in love with your sister and said, uh, we, he would like to go to your mom and daddy's house, which was about a block away, and would like to go there and, and court your sister. And I said, well, okay. My sister, bless her heart, she uh, she was single, and she always had a saying, I'm going to trust the Lord, and I know that one day 
the man I'm going to marry will show up right here in my bedroom. Oh, sis, you got to put your faith into action, you know, and you got to uh, get out to where the young men are. Nope, I'm going to stay right here, and I'm a praying, and I know that one day he's going to show up right here on my, uh, right here, right here in my in my room. So, well, I told the boys that he, that they could. Only trouble is, I, I didn't realize that according to the, their belief, he had to propose at midnight. So I waited and waited and waited. I thought they wasn't coming. Well, about mid about midnight, here come the five boys, and they had this thing that looked kind of like a curse. You know what this is? It uh, kind of like a cigar box guitar or like a square banjo. I always called it the square banjo, and it had one string and what looked like a uh, uh, what looked like a broomstick with a couple of little keys on it, and and that w- one little string. Here they come, and he come down the road all dressed up, and he got that one-string banjo, and, oh, boys, it's awful late. If my daddy hears us making a noise, he'll skin our heads. Oh, we need to go. It's midnight. So we creep up to my sister's window after midnight, and I peck on the window. My sister's not expecting company at all. We peck on the window, and my sister comes through the window, and she sticks her her PhD is so big that she has to stick it out the window first. So she sticks her PhD out the window with them two donor needles in the middle of it, and said, "What do you want?" And and all of a sudden, this boy, this boy, bless his heart, he took that one string banjo and he went twang, my sister said, what's he doing? I asked the boy, I said, what's he doing? He said, he's singing to her about his, about his love for her. I said, Sissy, this boy with the one string banjo, <laughs> he loves you. Oh, my sister just knew that, that the Lord had done sent her a fellow right to her front window just like he said. My sister pulled her PhD back in the window and spruced up just a little bit and stuck her PhD back out the window. Twang put the door out Twang the door And what's he doing now? Said he's proposing in Korean. He said he's proposing to you in Korean. All of a sudden, he come up real close to my sister, and he nailed on his knee, knee there in the darkness. Twang. Oh, he's getting serious now. He was crying. Twang. Oh. All of a sudden, he reached down in his coat, and he pulled out these five. Uh, gold balls that looked like big ball bearings or steel and marble set with five solid, solid gold balls. And he, he went twang and he held his hand up there and, and, and held it at my sister. And I said, what's that? My sister said, what's that? And the boy, the other boy said, if she accepts the price that was paid for her, if she accepts that little solid gold ball, said, she accepts his proposal and marriage, and oh, my sister's getting growing all over twang. 
and she started to reach out for that little falling gold ball, and she stopped. And she said, what's them other four gold balls for? And I asked the boy, I said, what's the other four gold balls for? And he said, those are for his other four wives. I said, sis, he's going to have you and four more wives. My sister got a perfect look on her face, and all of a sudden, in the twinkling of an eye, all of a sudden, she grabbed that wooden banjo, she broke it in half, and whacked that dude upside the head, pulled in her Ph.D., and slammed the window. Now, why did I tell all that for? Because, number one, it makes me laugh. And number two, it tells me that sometimes when we're trying to tell people that that we love them, both of us are not speaking our language, or their language, rather. We're trying to say, I love you, and all they hear is twang, and we've got to say, I love you, in the same way. Dr. Chapman said that there's five ways that people say, I love you. The first one he says is what's called acts of service. In First John chapter 4, verse 8 through 11, it says, The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. The light of God's love shined within us when, when uh, he sent his matchless son into the, into the world so that we might live through him. This is love, that he had loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proves it by sending his son to be pleasing, to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Delightfully loved ones, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. The way that God expresses his love for us is by doing things for us through acts of service, through acts of service. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38 and 39, Peter's preaching and he's talking about Jesus. And he says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are his witnesses of all the things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Jesus gave his life for us. And God God expresses his love through acts of service and he wants us to do that too. And, and dear driver, dear driver, I know that you're out there serving your family right now, right there on the road and and you're expressing your love by that. But make sure they know that. Make sure they know your love language. Which the other one, the next one that Doctor Chapman talks about is what he calls words of affirmation. Not only by what we say I love you, but by not only by what we do, Jesus died on the cross for us, but by what we say. Uh, Psalms 119 verse 105 says, the word, Thy word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. Oh, I love that, brother here. Yeah, I love that verse because, you know, my old grandma used to have an outdoor toilet. Now, why don't we be bringing this up? Because that is the most dedicated path I ever walked. <laughs> and sometimes we'd, uh, I'd be on the way out there, out back, and 
it'd be so dark. Oh, it'd be it'd be so dark, and it'd be so dark I couldn't even tell where I was stepping. And so I'd have to hold that lantern or that flashlight, whatever I had with me, down closer to my feet. The Word says, Thy Word is a lamp under my feet. When I don't know what to, what way to go, it shows me specifically. When I when I it's the dark that I can't even see my next step. The word is a lamp under my feet. I can hold it closer to the path and I can see better. But oh when it's a little light outside, I can raise up that light above my head and it makes me see the path farther. Thy word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. And in his word it's the place where he says, I love you, and I want to forgive you of your sins, and I want to meet your need. And the Word of God is is chocked full of ways where the Lord is trying to tell us not only, did, not only does he want to do things for us, with us, and through us, but he wants to say to you, I love you. And if you, if you have family and you have a hard time now, with Rosemary, Rosemary's way of saying I love you is by doing things for me. She doesn't. She's not a very wordy person. Uh, she's not a. Uh, but she she loves to to do things for people. Now me, yes, I love to do things for people. But my way way of saying I love you is to is to literally say, I love you, or write you a poem, or write you a song. I, I use words. My, my my father had what I've always called Fonzie disease. He couldn't hardly say the words, I love you. But he was a, he was a good truck driver. He was gone all the time. And his way of saying, I love you, was going out on the road and working very hard. He couldn't tell you with his mouth, but he showed you by his actions. Oh, dear driver, dear driver, show them that you love them. Show your family you love them. Allow them to show you. Allow them to to speak to you and say, I love you. And do your best not to be fondy. Do your best to, to say, I love you. The next way that we, that the Lord shows us that we, that he loves us and that we should show each other is by gift giving. Oh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15 says, Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. That gift is the gift of grace. The gift of grace and the gift of salvation and the gift of forgiveness. God offers his grace, his salvation, his forgiveness. But I think, in my own way of thinking, that that is God's favorite way, favorite way of saying I love you is by giving us things. For God so loved the world, now you know that verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that made you too, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God wants us to give and he wants us to be willing to give back to him and to others. The word says, by grace are you saved through faith. And not of yourself, it is a gift of God. And God loves to give. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, in Romans 6, 23, the gift of God is, is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He loves to give.
And when we get their, their, their promises there, in 2 Corinthians 9-11, it says, you will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. But when we take your gifts, talking about to the Jerusalem church, to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. Oh, I I tell you, when I was a little boy, my, my daddy got without work, and he hunted and he hunted and he hunted, and he couldn't find work. He, he tried for months. He hunted and hunted. And my mama came to me. Uh, it was me and my mama and my, my three sisters and my baby brother. My dad was on the road looking for a job. And my mama came to me one day, and she said, Oh, she said, Cliffy, said, said that when, when the dinner table comes around, said, Before you eat, said, I want you to drink as much water as you can possibly, possibly, possibly hold. Said, drink so much water that you're about to bust. And when the, when the, when the bean pot comes around, said, you tell your sisters that you're full. Said, don't fib. Drink as much water so that you are full. And she said, you tell them that you're still full. It said, I will too. And I remember for four days, maybe five, I did that for four days, maybe five straight. And man, I, my poor little old belly, my belly was a beating, beating my backbone. And one morning, one morning, way up before daylight, my mama didn't have any false teeth for a little while. And one morning, way up before daylight, when my mama didn't have her false teeth in, she couldn't say hallelujah, which is one of her favorite words. And she'd say, hallelujah. And one morning before daylight, uh, I, I was laying there wide awake. I was hungry. I couldn't sleep. And I heard bang, 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 bang on the, on the porch door. And then I heard some big, heavy footsteps go boom, 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 and run off down the porch. And my mama went to the door, and I... I heard her holler, hallelujah. And she said, Clippy, Clippy, come here, hallelujah. And in that box was a box plump full of walnuts, plump full of oranges of all things, and plump full of split peas in packages. And we we got that box out. My mama said, I'm going to go to cooking these peas I'm going to cook these peas and said, you peel oranges, fast as you can peel them. Peel oranges, fast as you can peel them. Mama started them peas, and, and I got over in the, by Mama by the table there, and I was peeling oranges and cracking walnuts as fast as I could go. And me and my Mama sat in that floor, and we fed each other oranges and walnuts while them, while them peas cooked. And we cried and we ate oranges and walnuts. And to this day, to this day, uh, when I go to my mama's grave, I take an orange and a walnut. And I lay them on the tombstone. Now, what did you say all that for? Because I, I am 67 years old, and I will never, as long as I forget, those footsteps on that porch, I could still hear them. And when you obey God, and when you give in the name of the Lord because of the need, uh, 2 Corinthians 
says it causes those that you give to to give thanks. Yes, I know that sometimes we give. Sometimes uh, you see a sign on the side of the road, we'll work for food, and you try to give something, and, and they don't even treat you right. But I know that sometimes, somewhere, that you, if you will obey the Lord, you'll be able to give a gift and somebody, because of you, dear driver, because of you, dear listeners, will thank God Almighty. That's what this ministry is all about, to provide the gift of salvation, to provide the gift of service to those that we love. God loves you, driver. God loves you, listener. God loves you, Kurt. God loves you, Donna. God loves you, Donna. God loves you, Major. Oh, God loves you. Anybody that's listening, he does. And when you obey the Lord and you give, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Somebody told me that there are seven things that every human being can give God. You can give God your time. Now, time... Nowadays, love going time is more precious than money. But if you give God your time, if you take those Bibles that that different ones have been carrying to the Turk stops and and giving out, that's an act of worship, and you're giving your time to God Almighty. There's another way you can give. You can give God your talent. What are you good at? What do you like to do? Figure out a way to take and to do that to take and to do that uh, in a way that can be used by God. What's your talent? Oh, Brother Clark, I don't have no talent. Surrender your life over to God and, and, and let God speak to you about something that you don't have any talent in and let God develop that and use that talent for God. We can give him our time. We can give him our talent. We can give him our treasure. What do you mean by treasure? The thing that I love best, the thing that I love best, if I find a way to surrender it to the Lord at his service, I can give him the treasures of my heart. We can give him, I'm going to say a bad word. Are you ready? Are you ready? It's not really a bad word, but some church folks think it is. I'm going to say a bad word. You ready? We can give God our tithe. I knew you were the preacher, and I knew you were going to talk about money. Yep, you're right. <laughs> a tithe is, without getting into a long uh, hermeneutical theological and all them other big words discussion, a tithe is 10% of our income. Now, if you make a dime, you've got a penny. Obey God. Obey God. We can give God our tithe. Well, God don't need my money. You're right. God don't need your money. You're absolutely positively correct. But a tithe is a visible, a visible uh, representation. Uh, 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 it's a, uh, a visible show or a visible sign. Here, God. Here, God, I'm going to show you. I trust you, and I'm going to obey you. You know what? When I don't tithe, when I don't tithe, I get along worse than when I do tithe. I can do better on my 90% with the blessing of God than I can my 100% without God's blessing. Don't be afraid to tithe. I dare you. It's the first commandment with promise or one of the commandments with a promise. God says, God says, give and see if I won't pour out a blessing. 
Don't believe me? Read Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. The next way, next way we can give to God is trust. Now, to me, brothers and sisters, faith and trust are two things on the same stick, but they're opposite ends of the stick. Faith is what I do when I step out and I'm going to do something for God. And it's in the beginning. I'm stepping out by faith because I believe God. Trust is on the end of the stick. Whenever I step out and things happened, but it didn't happen exactly the way I figured. But if I love God, I can not only show him that I have faith, I can show him that I trust him. Lillian, sometimes when we do things, it doesn't work out the way we intended. But can I say with all of my heart, with all of my heart, that I trust God? And even, even Gary, when it doesn't work out like I thought it should, I know that God's in charge. Even when I don't push the record, but God's in charge. And I trust him to work things out. The next thing we can give God is thanks. Everybody likes, I'm a hillbilly, and everybody likes to be said, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you did for me. What do you give a God? He's got everything. You give him thanks. Next thing you can give him, you can give God true worship. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, worship is two things. Worship is going to church. It's taking that time that I talked about. It's <clears throat> using that that talent. It's the, using that treasure. It's trusting God to to take care of things when it's on. It's thanking God for what he's done for you. True worship is going to church. Jesus meant for us to go to church or he wouldn't have built one. No, I don't mean the I don't mean the 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 building. Jesus said, On this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He meant for there to be a church because he knows that each one of us needs the strength of worshiping together and worshiping with each other. Worship is something else. Father, I ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name to please Help me to explain this. Please, Lord, give me the words to say. Worship, the word, the original Greek word for worship means to show what something is worth to you. To show what it is worth to you. Going to church shows God, hey God, you are worth my time. Hey God, you are worth my trust. Hey, God, you are worth the things that I surrender to you. I'm going to worship you, not just with my mouth, but with my actions. Actions speak louder than words. Show God. Well, Brother Cliff, I would, but I'm a driver, and I, I never have any time, and I'm always gone on Sunday. Well, maybe so, Brother. But there's sometimes, somewhere, maybe a, a chaplain, uh, a chapel at a truck stop, or, or maybe maybe you you pull over and just before just before you lay down in the bunk, you play a, a CD or a little bit of music, and you pull out your Bible and say a prayer, 
and say, God, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to show you what I am worth or what you worth to me. The next thing, number four, the way we tell people that we love them is by physical touch. The word says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not, uh, we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but when in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. God wants us to touch, and he most certainly, by his Holy Spirit, wants to touch us. God knows how to touch your heart. God knows how to touch your life. He wants to touch us. We have to speak God's language. The the last one I want to tell you about is quality time. You can tell your family, maybe you don't. I didn't say quantity time. I said quality time. When you're home on the road, when you're home on the road, and and when you don't have much time, if you're willing to surrender the time you've got to your family and say, I love you, show show them quality time. Give the Lord your best. Matthew six thirty three says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his right way of doing things, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you surrender to God and give him quality time, if you give your loved ones quality time, it will reap benefits like you never believe. Don't don't believe me. Start holding hands with your wife like you used to. Oh, you'll be surprised. <laughs> you'll be surprised what gets started. <laughs> Sometimes we don't understand each other's language. But we need to be willing to surrender and surrender to the Lord and learn how God speaks his love language. Learn how he wants to give to us and for us. My dad was a truck driver. But I didn't understand his love language. I wish I had. I wish I had. Come to the Heavenly Father and say, God, help me to understand you. I gave you my life. Help me to understand the way that you love me and the way that you say I love you. A friend of mine, a friend of mine was, uh, <laughs> he was a missionary in the Philippines and he had been called to serve the Monting Solog people. The Monting Monting Solog people were a people that were way up in the mountains and and they uh, had seen very few uh, other uh, nationalities beside their own. And my friend practiced their language and practiced their language and practiced, but it was so hard. It was so difficult. And he tried to witness to the chief of the monthly solo people, and oh, he just wouldn't—he just wouldn't hear of it. He didn't—he didn't want to hear about Jesus. And my friend tried and tried and tried and tried. I don't understand. One day, my friend got got hungry, and he went to the chief's house, and in his best monthly solo dialect, he said, 
I want to buy a chicken. I want to buy a chicken because I'm hungry. And all the 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 chief just danced around the fire, and he was just whooping and shouting, and and he uh, said a bunch of stuff to some people around him, and they scattered out all over the village and went to gathering up stuff and went to oh, and they brought out the uh, they wasn't Korean banjos, but the same kind of thing, and brought out all these instruments, and they built a big bonfire, and they having a party. Boy, that's about three. <laughs> My friend thought, man, oh, if I'd have known this was together this many people, I would have told them I was hungry, and I wanted to buy a chicken a long time ago. I'd have told them a and he got to notice, and all of a sudden, they brought out this really pretty little girl. Now, my friend was married. And they brought out this really pretty, gentle, really pretty little girl. And the whole crowd stopped singing. And they brought the little girl to my, my friend, and the chief repeated in Montague Solon, I'm hungry. And I want to buy a chicken, but my friend noticed that there was one vowel sound that was different. And come to find out, the phrase, I want to buy a chicken, is only one letter different from, I want to buy a wife. <laughs> my friend had actually said, not, I want to buy a chicken, but I want to buy a woman. <laughs> All of a sudden, my friend realized, and he fell down on his knees, and he began to weep and to sob and cry. And this young little girl fell down there beside him and thought that she wasn't pleasing, and, and she started to cry. And my friend said in his best uh, Monte Solo, in front of all those people, I didn't want to buy a chicken. Uh, I didn't want to buy a wife. I wanted to buy a chicken, and he started sobbing, and he started telling them about Jesus and how Jesus loved them with the crowd there. There, there was a roar that went up. It was partly tears and partly laughter, and my friend gave an invitation, and many of those people, including the chief, came and gave their life to the Lord. All because my friend was hungry and wanted to buy chicken. Now, why did you tell that for? Well, number one, because that's one of my favorite stories. But number two, if you will allow God to use you and try your best to say, I love you, God. Try your best to say, I love you, family. God will use the even our mistakes. God bless you. Accept him as Savior. He loves you. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a like me 
was blind But now I see I want to thank God for that grace That taught this old sinner man how to fear Many times since, by that same grace, my fears were relieved. But oh, how precious did my God's grace appear unto me. That very hour, that moment, that I believed and I called on the name of Jesus. know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says uh, in John chapter 3 verse 3 that we must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you're not sure, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never asked him into your heart, 
then I'm going to give you a chance to pray a prayer of salvation right now, and God's going to save you. That's right. You don't have to go to church to get saved. I got saved in the cab of a semi-truck out on the road driving 65 mile an hour down the highway and Jesus Christ come into my life and save me and he can do the same for you right now if you'll believe in your heart and trust in him the Bible says in uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. That word justified, we can be justified with Jesus Christ, and justified is just if I'd never sinned. If you believe with all your heart and confess with your mouth, he's going to save you. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord over all and richly blesses all who call on him. All means all and that's all it means. There's no difference between Jews and Gentiles. Black, white, red, God doesn't care what color you are or where you come from. All means all and that's all it means. And Jesus Christ wants to come into your life right now and save you. If you'll pray a simple prayer of salvation and ask him into your heart, he's going to save you. Pray with me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Pray this simple little prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. I want to give my life totally to you. I surrender all. I want to live for you from this day forward. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Lord I ask you to come into my life and change me from the inside out. And God, I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you prayed that prayer with all your heart, then you are saved. And now what you need to do is you need to call someone and tell them that you just asked Jesus Christ into your life and you are saved. Shining, 
time just a few feet away A robin was singing a song Now I don't know what he was saying And pretty soon he was on his way oh, Who can say he wasn't being grateful Lord saying thank you for I know you enjoyed that. That is Chronicle, and their website is chroniclegospelgroup.com. That's Tim and Missy Kinchin, and they're available for your church or your Christian event, or you can order some of their music at chroniclegospelgroup.com. Hey, and if you'd like to talk to them, give me a call, 618-383-2107. I'll hook you up with their phone numbers. And we're going to close today's program with my testimony in song. This is a song I wrote with the help of my songwriting partner, Tom Caldwell. And we give it to Dennis McKay, and he brought it up to a brand new level. And we recorded this on Lonesome Road, Volume 1. It's at the foot of the tree. Roads of life lost without hope. Eighteen wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track the preacher had read, his words still echoing in the back of my head. I felt so ashamed. When I thought of my past Then I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree
lonesome road And I shared the good news Wherever I go Yes, there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be And I tell everybody What's happened to me How I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past But I called his name This chance Could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Brokenhearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Brokenhearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree